Welcome to the future. You're listening to the Consensus Network. Consensus Network. Consensus Network. With Buck Joffrey. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey, and today's podcast will be a little bit different because I am running the same podcast on two different shows. One is Well Formula Podcast, and one is Consensus Network. Now, I know some of you listen to both, but uh, there are a number who don't. And I think this is just a, this show is is just something that I think is so applicable to to um, to both sides that I've decided that uh, we're just going to run it on both. So uh, this, uh, uh, but before we begin all of that, I want to go through just a few things. Um, by the time this airs, of course, the event uh, in Scottsdale will be over. Um, I have not been there yet because it hasn't happened, but I hope it was a great event. And for those of you who came out, uh, thank you very much. And it was nice to meet you. Um, I also want to point out uh, just the standard stuff. If you are interested in um, in learning more and getting some resources about investing, go to wealthformula.com. You can get a free book uh, on Seven Secrets of Eternal Wealth from me and also my uh, friend and co- friend and fellow investor, George Newberry, gives away his book called Burn Zones, which is a book about his big um, uh, rise and fall uh, from grace as a, as a huge big-time real estate investor. So check that out. Um, there's lots of other good resources there. And all by the way, on Consensus Network as well, if you're interested in Bitcoin, uh, potentially getting involved, opening up an account, there's some tutorials there as well, and that's on ConsensusNetwork.io. Now, let's get on with the show today. Um, you know, as an introduction, you know, hopefully you know by now, if you've been listening to my shows, that I'm a surgeon by training, okay? I'm a retired surgeon. Um, but I am a surgeon, and um, and you know I started out actually as a neurosurgeon, and that basically, for those of you who don't know, that is the surgery of the brain and spine. Then, after a couple of years, I fled to a specialty uh, where I could operate on the head and neck without the brain. Why? Uh, well, I love neuroscience, but frankly, I found the brain itself to be kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, When the brain gets injured, for example, you can't wait until the morning to fix the problem so you're up all the time, and that is a problem for someone who does not like being woken up in the middle of the night and someone who actually enjoys uh, having a little bit of a life. Uh, For my neurosurgery friends, I'm sorry I said that. I know there's at least a couple of you out there listening, Um, but I couldn't deal with it. And for those of you who stuck with it, Hats off to you, my friend. You are you deserve every penny you make because you do you usually do well as well. Anyway, after finishing my last night intensive surgical residency, uh, I did a fellowship year in cosmetics because no one ever needs emergency cosmetic surgery. And by the time I was done with all of this training, I was thirty four years old. Thirty four years old, and now. I'm retired from surgery and medicine of any kind, and I'm 45. In fact, I haven't seen a patient in two years. Imagine that. Admittedly, it is a bit painful for me to think about my last decade, maybe decades of youth on this long run for a short slide. But but it that's just the way things are. Say la vie, right? Now, um... Why did I retire from medicine anyway? Well, it wasn't just because I wanted to retire, right? And as you know, I can't stand that word, you know? I hate the things like, I want to retire. I want to retire and, you know, make a bunch of cash flow and retire and do nothing. That's a bunch of BS. If you are a listener of this show, you're probably pretty industrious. And after a couple weeks of golf, you get bored. That's what you do. You get bored. And so what I did is I retired from medicine, right? I didn't retire as in sit around and wait to die and just play golf. I stopped doing something that I no longer wanted to do. Now, 
I didn't, as a general rule, like it anymore. Um, I will say that I did like operating. I like doing things with my hands and stuff like that. But I didn't like anything else about medicine. And on top of that, I have a little bit of attention deficit disorder. Um, I've never been diagnosed, but I can't imagine that I don't. Uh, so I tend to change direction a lot. I transferred out of my first college after my first year. I changed residency specialties after two years. I quit or more maybe I got fired from my first job after eight months. And then I quit medicine altogether in less than a decade after completing years and years of training. The only thing that has lasted for over 10 years in my life is my marriage and I'm going to stick with that one for sure. Anyway, beyond the general lack of interest in, in practice, in medical practice, I didn't like the way medicine was headed. I had one insurance-based business that's no more. And that uh, dealing with insurance companies was a nightmare. The insurance companies were ultimately telling me who I could operate on and who I could not. And for those of you in the surgical or medical fields, you know exactly what I'm getting at. Insurance-based medicine is also the only field in the history of the universe where someone does the work first and then a third party decides how much to pay you or whether you get paid at all. How does that make any sense? Why do we tolerate it? But we healthcare providers are too focused and idealistic to fight for compensation. Why? Well, we've created this environment within our own culture that makes talking about money dirty, right? Mixing money talk with medicine, at least in my experience, is considered heresy in physician culture. And the end result is that others in the system happily fill the vacuum and they are the ones who end up getting paid. Now, I feel especially bad for my friends in non-surgical specialties who are getting squeezed even harder. Um, you know, my best friend in college was the smartest kid in our class and, and she became a pediatrician because she likes kids. She likes, you know, doing, she did it for all the right reason. And now she works her tail off and her reimbursement is going down every year. Internists, right? Your, your doctor, your family doctors, your internists are also in the same boat. They just can't see enough patients to stay profitable. Of course, patients blame doctors for not giving them enough attention and using ancillary staff like physician assistants to help with the workload, and they blame it all on the doctors. But if the patients understood how badly internists and pediatricians are getting squeezed by these insurance companies, they may have to, uh, you know, change their ire, their anger on the physician and maybe focus on the insurance companies who ultimately now control your care. That is the truth. Anyway, as the result of this unfortunate situation, some doctors have um, uh, decided to move towards a, what are, what's called a concierge practice model. And here's how it works. You sign up with a doctor. Maybe you pay $200 per month or something like that. The doctor has... Um, you know, the doctor has all of his patients doing this, right? That is his practice or her practice. And that's just to make sure he can make a living. And then when you come in, he also charges your insurance. Your insurance may or may not pay him. Um, the, the other part of this that makes it interesting is the reason that this is advantageous for the doctor and the patient is the doctor knows he's going to make a living. So he caps his total number of patients. And the result for the patient is that medicine becomes the way it used to be when you were a kid. Remember doctors spending a lot of time with you. You know, I remember my pediatrician. He just seemed like such a nice guy and you just sit there and talk, whatever. That doesn't happen much anymore, right? I mean, they don't have the time, right? They don't have the time. Um, so, you know, uh, with this model, you do. that. You have all the time in the world and you can stop in if you're sick and can pretty much make an appointment anytime you want. And they'll even know your name when you walk in. It's pretty amazing. Anyway, it's pretty neat. I use one of these doctors, um, and, I, and it's definitely worth the price of admission. But I have to admit that it is sad that this kind of care is no longer the standard of care. The insurance companies and reimbursement have made that impossible. And, of course, 
my experience is that of a physician, but um, I, I also know that this probably affects dentists and orthodontists as well, uh, since there's dental insurance and that sort of thing. And I have also met a number of dentists and orthodontists through our accredited investor club. By the way, if you are not part of investor club, that is where the magic happens. So go to wealthformula.com and make sure you sign up for investor club. If you are an accredited investor, what makes you an accredited? Um, well, you make at least $200,000 a year or $300,000 filing jointly, or you have a net worth of a million dollars outside your personal residence. Anyway, do that. Go to wealthformula.com because that's where the magic happens. That's where we take all this theory and we turn it into action. Um, now, going back to my story about the dentists and orthodontists, I will say this too. Dentists and orthodontists are a lot more business savvy than us doctors as a general rule. And I can tell you that I know that some of you out there, I know some of you are absolutely killing it. And some of you are selling your practices for tens of millions of dollars. Good for you. So anyway, it came as no surprise then because of the uh, the savviness of the dental industry in, in terms of business that I learned about a blockchain project a while back called Denticoin, which has gotten a lot of very positive feedback from the dental community around the world. Now, this is a project that combines both healthcare and cryptocurrency and may actually be applicable to a host of other fields as well. Now, whether you're interested in blockchain technology or not, you will find this interview with the co-founder of Denticoin absolutely fascinating. It is a sign of things to come in the new world financial paradigm, and we will have this fascinating interview right after these messages. Now, there isn't much more exciting than cryptocurrency, but there are old-fashioned ways of creating wealth outside of Wall Street that have been used by the wealthiest families in the world for generations. And that's what my other podcast is all about. It's called Wealth Formula Podcast. Now, if you've made a lot of money in crypto and don't know what to do next, this show might actually answer a lot of those questions, too. Again, it's Wealth Formula Podcast with me, Buck Joffrey. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest is Jeremiah Grunzba, right? Grunzba. Uh, yeah. Early, he's an early entrant into the blockchain scene, uh, immersed uh, within the peer-to-peer technology for about eight years. He has been a contributor to Ethereum, Waves, Zcash, Uport, Status, uh, Mtoken, Byteball, and he is a strong believer in decentralization and transparency. The reason we have him on today is to talk about a particularly interesting project, I think, probably to a number of uh, of you out there because uh, we do have a lot of healthcare uh, people with us, and it's called Denticoin. And uh, Jeremiah, welcome, uh, and, and thank you for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me here. Um, I'm very happy to try the show, and yeah. Good, good. So you're um, are you in, where are you right now? Are you in Germany? No, at the moment I'm traveling. Actually, I'm a uh, travel to Varna. Okay. Because we have an office there. And that's Bulgaria? Uh, it's in Bulgaria, exactly. In uh-huh. Eastern Europe. Okay. Got and, it. Uh, yeah. I'm shortly going back to London and then to Germany. Got it. Yep. Got it. So tell us, so you've been, uh, you've been involved. It lo- looks like in peer to peer technology for about eight years. Um, how'd you get interested? I mean, you're, you look like a pretty young guy, so you started pretty early. Yeah, well, I, uh, I got interested pretty early as I discovered the technological invention of Bitcoin. And, uh, I didn't took it too serious in the beginning. I was just curious about what was, uh, was happening there. Pretty soon read the white paper, which was absolutely fascinating for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I sort of hoped that there might be something around this once. Yeah. And then at some point I realized, oh, this is actually get, getting somewhere. And um, at this point I started thinking with with friends also and uh, what what could be what could be built around such a technology. Yeah. So what so what year did you discover Bitcoin? Well, it's just uh, 
I was <clears throat> in the news uh, back then. I'm generally interested in cryptocurrency and I mean in crypto in cryptography and um, and yeah, well, Bitcoin was just um, it was completely new. I mean, we had internet money before, but it was just yeah. not reliable at all. And so it promised to be the the first reliable. Um, yeah. So this so was when did thinking. when did you get in? When did you discover? Was that like 2012, 13, or or were you there right at the beginning? No, no, I, I, it was right at the beginning. It was around, I guess, 2000. That'd I'm be, not sure. Probably exactly 2009, right? It was, uh, 2009 mm-hmm. was the white paper, and um, well, interesting. So, so, so then, of course. You're, uh, you know, you you ultimately ended up co-founding this uh, this this uh, project called Denticoin. But how how did you how did you discover the problem, and what exactly the problem is it that that your project aims to address? So the the whole idea about this project um, came to live when we when I talked. Um, to Professor Dimitrakiv, which, uh, which I reached, and here's in, in dentistry, actually, he's a professor from Varna, who I met on one conference, and he was, uh, we were talking about this whole health sector and the, the, the need or potential need for blockchain in there. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about ideas like decentralized data, like the data for patients that, that are not stored decentralized or not stored securely or not stored digitally at all at the moment. In, in, uh, in many countries. And so we, we started talking about around this topic and then uh, we involved some kind of uh, a concept, an idea. So what and, was uh, it specifically that you thought, well, <clears throat> here's, a, here's a problem that we can potentially solve uh, with, with, uh, with this project called Denticoin. So I guess in, in part is uh, maybe that, I mean, that kind of goes into what exactly Denticoin does. Yes, it's a, it actually evolved to, to to a way bigger thing after all. So what what we are, our main focus at the moment is that we actually want to um, want to uh, want to create some potential ex- uh, system change. You could even say where um, where we we tr- we try to build tools that enable the dentists. Um, to be incentivized by keeping the patient healthy. So that's, uh, to, to, su- to sum it up, what, what yeah. it especially means is that at the moment it's not only in dentistry but in, in, the, in, in the health system in general. Um, a certain problem is that you actually make more money as a, as a doctor when, when you keep, uh, when, you, when you don't do the, the everlasting long and best job in general, but if the patient is in need of coming back, this is no, I mean, this is just in the nature of the system because um, if, if the patients are not coming to your, uh, to your office, then you, you don't make money. So it's not, it's, it's somehow strangely incentivized to, to keep, keep yeah. patients somehow sick, which yeah. is not the intent of, of, <clears throat> of the doctors, of course. But that's somehow a, a strange economic problem that exists. Okay, so, so that's so that's the problem that you identified. So how does how does Denticoin, uh, in particular, address that problem? How do you see this, um, you know, addressing the? I mean, it's a, it's a concept basically of you know promoting preventive care, but also putting the um, patients and um, the dentists in particular in alignment with the idea that we want to prevent sorry. problems. But at the same time, not then penalize a provider because they've done such a good job that they're going to end up broke. So, so how does how does Denticoin how does Denticoin do that? Well, first of all, I think it's important to realize that we actually can't um, go go there on the moral path or something. We, we cannot um, persuade someone to to act differently and make less money after all. So it will only work if you somehow incentivize, as I said, sure. as, a, as a doctor and as a patient to, sure. to, to, to change way, uh, the system. So the thing is that well, what we, we build several tools, tools, but the main tool is our so-called DentaCoin Assurance. And what it does is um, it gives you a monthly uh, 
contract, a, a contract between a direct contract between patient and dentist, and um, the patient basically pays a premium per month, uh, which is a small premium uh, additional to the um, to the insurance that the like the, the local insurance insurance that he or she has, and this is um, also variable uh, globally between let's say five dollars and fifty dollars depending on where you live. And this additional um, premium sums up for the dentist. It is um, a stable income, a reliable income that comes every month, no matter if you're sick or healthy as a patient. And on the other hand, in the contract, the, the dentist promises to, um, to treat you in any case with no further costs except some very rare um, or limited situations which are legally in the, in the contract but in general it's like you are not paying anything additional as a patient and the dentist will treat you if you're uh, if you get sick and i say if because the main advantage of this um, concept is that the, the dentist is economically incentivized to keep you healthy to do a one proper treatment if it's even needed <coughs> and then um yeah, and then even like informs you about what, how to, uh, should you, um, what about hygiene? How should you brush your teeth in a way that they really don't get worse? And, and uh, also about um, um, other influences there. So the dentist really gets the, gets into the role of of keeping you healthy, and that's the idea, basically. Yeah, I think I think you know in the U.S. we have we have a little bit of a model that we see a lot, particularly where I live in Santa Barbara, where we where they call it concierge medicine, right? And uh, I don't mm -hmm. know if you know about this model, but effectively, what it is is you know these these doctors um, doctors in certain areas, you know the the reimbursement is not uh, does not necessarily put um, you know, their interest in alignment with patients. In other words, they have to see so many patients so fast that they can't possibly provide quality care. Um, mm -hmm. And they're doing that just so that they can be profitable and actually make a living. Um, so in concierge care, uh, basically what they're doing is, you know, you pay a certain amount of fiat per month and that fiat currency effectively um, allows the doctor to then have less patients. Uh, they have a fixed amount of money coming in, and then therefore they can they can take less patients, and then everybody and and pay more attention to patients and keep them happier. So fundamentally, it sounds like the concept is is somewhat similar to concierge medicine, or or am I missing something? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty close. It's pretty. The I think one one difference is that um, this all lives in the blockchain. So we, we are not using a fiat currency, but we actually storing your contract um, encrypted in the Ethereum uh, blockchain, and uh, the contract is not only the, the signed PDF paper contract that you're actually signed with your uh, dentist as a patient. Or the other way around, but also um, the the money handling, right? The logic behind it. That means that the payment handling. I mean, um, that means that the contract checks if you actually paid your premium every month and so on, and uh, holds the contract the in the block. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So you know, one of the one of the things that we you know always like to kind of explore is why. If if you have a model right now, presumably with you know that that exists in concierge medicine, and you know and and they just you know for me and my doctor uh, you know that I go to, it's just an automatic payment off my credit card. Why do you need a blockchain to do that, or why does it? Why is it helpful? I mean, what I mean, you know what I mean? Like what what is the what is the value add of blockchain in this scenario? Yeah. So first of all, um, blockchain is just a database, right? right. It's, a, it's a database that has certain pros and cons. And uh, it's very expensive. It's very slow, but it's very reliable, 
So in cases that you want 100% reliability and not trust some external parties, you will probably go with a blockchain database. So in all our projects, I only mentioned the assurance so far, but actually we have some more tools that I might mention later. But in all of those projects, um, data is sensitive and um, you, you probably don't want to rely on an external source. And most, uh, most importantly for us, I think, is because of the different tools that we have and the different tools that we offer to patients and dentists, we want to create some connection between these tools. So we don't only offer this assurance. We, we, we offer a review platform where you can uh, write reviews for, for your uh, doctor, which is not a new thing. The thing is that uh, with handling private keys, we can make this uh, reviews trustful. That means um, you will know that as a dentist that this is actually a real review. And you will know as a patient that there are actually no fake reviews in the system. And this is just one other example, but all these examples work with Dentacoin, with the currency. So you actually get paid for, for reviews. Um, you get paid for filling surveys for the general knowledge and uh, make it research, market research for dentists. That means patients can make money by filling um, surveys and tell their opinion about what should be improved in the field and whatnot and so on. And all these tools are somehow bundled so we approach dentists and say, here we have this bunch of tools. They are all Dentacoin related. So um, please, uh, please check them out. Please give them to your patients and they might use it in this environment. And then they can earn and send and spend Dentacoin, which, in the, which economically perspective from our side means that now we have a circle of, of usage mm -hmm. of, for this currency. And so this is another. So it, it's us. basically creating sort of this um, trusted peer-to-peer -peer ecosystem um, yeah. of dentists and and and, uh, and and patients, correct? Yes, exactly. And it so trust, or tr trust lesson in, in in that regard. So, yeah, um, so Sorry. so so let me ask you this: in terms of okay, so as as I mentioned before, I actually have uh, a number, a lot of dentists who listen to. Uh, my show Wealth Formula podcast in particular. And they might be wondering right now, um, well, first of all, where are you? Are you only in Europe right now? Or is this something that's in uh, in the United States as well? Yeah, abs it's absolutely, it's globally. We are like in the United States, we are in India, we are in China, we are basically everywhere. The thing is, um, when I come back to this assurance contract, we make a sample contract for literally every country, adapting to the specifics there. And then, um, you, you, when we, when we are um, we are um, at the moment we are in beta state. That means we we have a first version running now, and we will in, uh, introduce that in March, when we are at the big uh, dental um, conference in in Cologne in Germany. And what you can basically do then is uh, is go to the website. Uh, get registered there um, and then get such a sample contract, pre-fill it and send it to your patients. At this point, they don't have to do much. They just get the contract. They, you probably introduce the whole thing in your office and then um, you get going. And that's not, it's not limited to any country because it. it's in the blockchain. <clears throat> the next question I would have if I was a dentist in here is, okay, so now we've got this, uh, if I'm getting paid in, in Denticoin, um, why would I want to be getting paid in a token um, that, you know, has significant volatility uh, as opposed to, you know, getting paid in fiat? What, what, what's the argument there for, uh, for a dentist? Well, it... It has pros and cons, I would say. Of course, as you just said, the con is that you actually have a pretty volatile um, medium of exchange there. And then it's also a medium of exchange, so you need to exchange it to fear back probably in the first time especially. Um, on the other hand, um, you're somehow, first of all, you can exchange it at any point. We have exchanges all over the world where you can easily exchange it immediately sure. to fear again 
And the other thing is that you might not do that and might speculate that just a few other dentists are joining the movement because uh, you believe in us or you think that might be a thing and you want to use that for your clinic or office. And uh, as we see more and more dentists joining us, even now after the first year, uh, it might be that some uh, someday it actually gets uh, more stable because it, uh, it network effect sets in and then it's not just any random token like 99% of these tokens would, don't, uh, that don't actually have any use case or not a real one at least, but it actually gets uh, real business. And uh, if this currency per se gets a real business, then what we call the network effect sets in and that means it just rises in value over time. And then at this point, you can see it as just some, um, some, um, some kind of investment, actually. It's like holding shares in the project or less in us as developers, but more in, the, in this project as a, as a movement, let's say. Yeah, right? yeah. No, and I get it. And I think, <clears throat> I think just for clarification, I think like, you know, the way that you mention it is is um, is very useful. So first of all, if you're getting paid in Denticoin, uh, presumably the amount of um, uh, well, one question would be is is a is a patient um, paying? OK, they're paying in Denticoin, but is the amount that they are paying per month or whatever it is? Is it a certain amount of Denticoin or is it a certain amount of fiat pegged to well, Denticoin? Good question. It's like uh, at the first, um, it's bound to, to the dollar, basically. Okay. That means you have a stable uh, value because we know that it's volatile and uh, we, can't, we can't handle to, to fix the prices in Denticoin at the moment. But um, as I said before, if there is a use case and if it gets more successful, then it might get it. It should get more stable. And sure. at this point, we might change that. Yeah. That's a simple change right? in the software. You can update that later. So what's interesting to me about this is if I'm a dentist, uh, and we can talk a little bit more about the benefits of the network effect, et cetera, but um, what's my downside here, right? Like I can... I can basically get paid a monthly amount, and we know what it is. It's highly predictable uh, because it's pegged to fiat. So you're going to get $50 or whatever per month, and it's you know $50 of Denticoin. And if you don't want to hold your Denticoin, then you immediately convert that to fiat, and you get your $50, and you're, you're basically concierge medicine. And if you are feeling and you start to believe in the project more, maybe you say, okay, well, maybe half of it I'll turn to fiat so I can make sure I pay my bills, and the other half I'll hold in Denticoin and see if this network effect takes off, and all of a sudden I have a tremendous uh, opportunity for upside. Is that is that the way some of the dentists are approaching this? Yes, they yeah. do. And it's, it's not only, I mean, they are not only approaching it via this assurance, but um, they are actually using the, the, uh, the feedback system and create um, like a connection to their, their patient within. It's, it's all, it's like you said, it's a trustless relationship between patient and then What we finally uh, like to eventually like to achieve is that you actually get some more trustful connection to your dentist or your patient again, which is like this ideal that the doctor knows you. Right, so that's why we're creating this these trustless tools because it makes it very easy actually to trust each other again. It sounds paradox, but that's right. Not right. Kind of the idea. Um, let's talk about what happens when the value of Denticoin goes um, up and down because right now, obviously, um, you're talking about you know fifty fifty dollars of Denticoin. So even if Denticoin goes up by a thousand x, which who knows? I mean. It, it was up about uh, at least 100x from where it is right now, right? Um, and um, But if it goes up in, in value, um, what does that actually mean to a somebody who's using uh, the token? I mean, so from a, from a use standpoint, you're still pegged to fiat, right? So is it is it really more just the added benefit of having something that can appreciate? Because from the standpoint of... Um, you know, from the standpoint of the users, it seems like at least initially there really is no um, 
you know, you're always going to peg to fiat anyway. So what's, you know, what's the additional advantage of, or disadvantage of it being cryptocurrency? So the, the advantage is actually more being the blockchain system behind it that the tools are using and less the currency itself. Yeah. So if you, if you, it's like, it's just money, right? In our case, it's just money. It's not money with a, it's, it's money for this kind of uh, movement or project. So as long as the project makes sense and you're using the tools and you're inside this kind of environment, then this money makes sense per se. But if like, it, I think the, the value of Dentacoin can only rise in the long term with the success of the project. And with project, I mean with the success of these tools that we actually offer. So if like this year will be very interesting for us because we are approaching much more dentists actively. At the last year, we were just waiting and they, they were coming, but of course only some. And now we're actually uh, actively approaching them. And so if this spreads, what, which is our goal, and then this, this money, this strange cryptocurrency will rise in value just as a share of a company. And if it does so, um, then this is your extra benefit. But besides that, it's just money and it's meant to be a currency like dollar, euro, and so on. Right. So how big is the network of dentists right now? Um, we have we have like 4,000 dentists in the, in the environment that approached us. And uh, we have, I don't know the actual latest number now. Um, let me just check it just a second. But we have several actually using it already. And also um, clinics involved, interestingly, which is uh, very interesting for us because they, those are chains who... Um, is that in the US too? Uh, the, the chains and all that? We have just... Yeah, we have also... Uh, dentists in the US, and uh, we, we are uh, working there with Mobile Dent, for example, which is a um, change. I just get the latest number. Here we are. So, um, 80, uh, around 80 dentists are actually accepting Dentacoin payments at the moment. That's also labs and suppliers, and they are all over the world. We actually have a, a map on our website where you, which you can check out to, to see where they are and who they are, and so on. Right. So, these are the, the, on the dentist side. And then on the other hand, we have, um, we, we are approached by, uh, I was wrong, it was 1,800 roughly dentists and around 190,000 users in general. That means patients or other crypto interest, uh, interested um, yeah, yeah, party. Yeah. And you know, you know for, any, for any given a dentist, say you're out there listening right now, it doesn't mean you have to turn your entire practice into a, you know, Denticoin practice, right? I mean, you can do this for, you can just be part of this network as an additional way to generate uh, interest and revenue for your practice and, and, and treat them a certain way. Well, it's exactly, it's like I'm from, uh, more from the tech technical side as I'm the core developer there. So I see it as a, a bunch of, of apps that you actually uh, get on a website. We have, uh, we have a hub, we call it hub. It's, it shows you similar to a smartphone apps. One is the assurance that I mentioned before. One app is just your wallet, where you as a dentist see your income or see your balance, your dental account balance. Um, another app is this review platform, and you can you can actually label this um, website um, with your brand and then share it with your patients. And this way you will um, you will make them use it. You can explain it easily and stuff. We, we really try to make it as easy as possible because we know that the whole crypto space is not, it's like, it's in the beginning and uh, we, we urgently need solutions. For example, when we talk about the wallet that are easy to use. Like if you only know what a credit card is and you don't know what a private key is, you should still be able, be able to use it. Right, right. Um, what... Um Tell me about you know your the the business funding and stuff. How I mean, were you guys? Uh, when was the ICO? Um, you know what did the, the the funding was it was it you know was it taken out fiat? What were you hit significantly by um, the downswing in the in the crypto markets uh, from the capitalization of your company? Yeah, well, if we if we talk about crypto economics, this crazy wild wild west, then it's 
like um, we we were um, the pre-sale was in July last year. Right. Um, the ICO was in September October last year, and um, then we had uh, towards the winter we had a steep uprise in the price, which was due to the general hype. Um, yeah. And then we actually, um, yeah, and then it actually uh, broke down afterwards, as with most of uh, all coins. Yeah. And since then, it's pretty stable. We had a, a hack of one of our exchanges which uh, in last weeks, which dropped the price dramatically again. It's recovering. Right. So we are always around the, the 70s. Yeah. More uh, most valuable coin on. Uh, I, I guess my question is more: When you guys raised capital through your ICO, did you mm -hmm. did you move it to fiat at that point so that you could? No, you know, no, uh, okay, no, we didn't. Uh, we actually hold it in uh, ether because we, we were collecting ether, Bitcoin, and so on, and we are holding uh, in these currencies, and that's what we are spending for our development ever since. Um, obviously, that it's not as much at the moment, right? Um, but uh, at least in, we have the, the most um, uh, most amount we hold in, in, in ether, mm. and we are uh, besides that, of course, we have our Denta coin share, um, which means that we are uh, reliable um, rely on both um, currencies, and we can spend both um, tokens, and uh, that's what we're doing, and hoping for better times in the general uh, field there, yeah. of course. What and tell, tell me? I mean, we've talked about we've talked about sort of the uh, economics between the doctor and the patient and alignment there. We've talked about reviews. What other benefits are there um, to the to the provider side here? Um, I mean, what else? What else does the project provide specifically to providers that may make this interesting to them? For example. Um, you know, is there, you know, is there a website that features doctors who are part of the network? Is there, you know, is there, uh, other benefits that, that we might not even think of, uh, et cetera, because there, I mean, there, there, there may actually be people in, in, in this listenership that, that are particularly interested. So, yeah, well, uh, one is this open source uh, market research. That means we provide through this one tool that I mentioned before, which is actually called DentaVox. We are providing for free um, research um, um, market research data for all the participating dentists. That means um, people are filling filling service for DentaCoin and we're checking this, this service to be not fake service. And then this data, so what the latest trends are, what the latest needs are for, and so on, in, in various fields are around dentistry uh, are actually provided. And besides that, we have this feedback um, system where you can actually um, learn what you might improve um, or which are the parts that are really working well for your uh, patients and so on. Um, we will have a, a platform for dentists at the moment. It's just a Telegram channel um, that we are providing. Um, everyone is very welcome to join us on Telegram in this channel because there's actually some nice exchange already um, between enthusiasts and uh, pioneers uh, that actually um, joined us already. And uh, as we are focusing on acquiring new dentist offices and clinics, we will... Uh, set more focus on that on that part as well right. connect people where can where can people learn more if you're if you're a dentist in the u.s you're listening to this show and you want to find out more you're interested potentially in signing up where um where can they where can we learn more well the first uh, um first good start is uh, is uh, is the website of course that's um, dentacoin.io right um, yeah we have dentacoin.com and then we also have dentacoin.com slash dentist and dentist.dentacoin.com, but you'll find it just over the general uh, website. And there's a specific uh, website, uh, subsite for, for dentists where, where you actually uh, get to learn how to use that. And besides that, um, as I said, uh, just said, please join us on Telegram if you like, because there we can get in direct contact and, uh, and uh, yeah, <clears throat> help you get started and ask, uh, answer questions and, and get your um, answers and so on. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the challenges to me is that most of the dentists I know who listen to this are 
not necessarily that tech savvy. So you're talking about Telegram. I know what Telegram is. Um, but for a lot of people out there, they're going, Telegram, what are you talking about? Is that like Facebook? But so, so, but what you're telling me and what I'm gathering is that even for those who are not that tech savvy, you can make it, you can make this fairly user friendly for yourself. Yeah, we are, we are early on. So if you try it at the moment, um, then it, you don't see, um, finalized software, you see ready to use software, but you might get in contact at some point. So this is just, it, it won't cost you anything because it lives out of the, out of its own funding, right? right? It's, uh, the project is held up by the value of Dentacoin in the end. Right. And this means you can, uh, you can just try it and get in contact with us. By, uh, by the way, we have a pretty much active Facebook page. So just join us there if you prefer that. And, uh, yeah, I think the website is a good start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been really good information and hopefully uh, some people will explore this. I uh, appreciate your time, uh, Jeremiah, and uh, and thanks for being on the show today. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back. Want to buy Bitcoin with your IRA? Don't waste your time on expensive IRA custodians. A strategy called a QRP is as easy as writing a check. Find out how. Text 44222 and type QRP book. That's one word. And get a free book that explains everything. Again, that's 44222 QRP book. One word. It's the easiest way to make Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies part of your retirement. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if I were a dentist, I'd definitely check this out. Um, think of it this way. The concierge aspect of the model is valuable in and of itself. We talked about that at the beginning. And if you don't care for the cryptocurrency part of it, immediately convert your crypto to dollars. And if you want to keep some crypto, maybe you keep, you know, five cents for every dollar in crypto, you could see that go up by 100x. Who knows? Anyway, I like the idea and it may be worth checking out. Uh, so, um, you know, check out the website if you're a dentist. And hopefully they'll have something for doctors as well pretty soon. Now let's talk about some things happening in the crypto space right now. Since we are on the crypto, uh, uh, you know, on the crypto topic, and I know the Wealth Formula listeners are not as into this as the Consistences Network people are, but let's talk about some stuff that may that may be interesting. Some of the news first: um, Nasdaq launched a real-time information on two new indices. Uh, linked to the crypto asset market. The first is uh, the Bitcoin Liquid Index, BLX, and the second is the Ethereum Liquid Index, which is called ELX. Uh, both were incorporated into the NASDAQ platform on February 25th. So basically, it's sort of like the NASDAQ composite. And the end goal, of course, is to bolster mainstream adoption uh, by fusing crypto assets into traditional entities like stock markets, etc. I think this is, again, long-term very bullish for the crypto space. I think it's exciting, so let's see how it goes. Um, another story I thought was interesting, Bitcoin, as much as uh, people like to say nobody uses the Bitcoin, etc., Bitcoin surpassed PayPal in yearly transaction volumes in 2018. There are $1.3 trillion dollars uh, in transactions in Bitcoin last year, uh, whereas with PayPal, there was just over $500 billion. So if you don't think this is actually happening, there is some good proof for you. Another story uh, we've been watching is the evolution of the Chicago Board of Option and Exchange and VanEck Solid ETF, uh, which, would, which a lot of people think is the one that will get approved by the SEC. I don't know if it will or not, honestly, but um, there they were supposed to have a decision, and then the government, uh, the government shutdown delayed things. Now the new deadline for that is April fifth, um, and uh, we'll just have to see what goes on with that. The other thing, the other major thing that we're watching in the crypto space, and uh, that could result in literally hundreds of millions of new users, is the release of backed or I'm sorry, backed, b a a k t. This is a platform uh, owned by the owners of the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, the uh, Intercontinental Exchange is what, what owns the New York Stock Exchange. But they released BACT, which is a platform um, that uh, is sort of institutional quality. 
Um, and uh, they have a partnership with Starbucks. And anyway, they're going to launch sometime this year. Um, and I think this is going to be a big deal for cryptocurrency. But I, I think it's interesting that, you know, they were initially going to launch in January, February. And now they're saying later in the year. Here's my take on that. I think what's going on is basically, you know, they probably don't want to launch if there's going to be a significantly, you know, if there's a significant more uh, amount of correction left. We're in a bear market in cryptocurrency right now. Uh, I think cryptocurrency, I think Bitcoin in particular is, you know, it's still under four grand. It went, it went above four, briefly came back down. I think it was like 35, 3600 last time I checked. Um, a number of people have speculated that that we have not yet reached capitulation and that, that Bitcoin could see a drop um, just from, uh, these are just traders and looking at charts, a Bitcoin could potentially see a drop to 2,000 or less before you see the next uh, bull run. So I think that, you know, there's a, a, enough doubters out there to kind of keep things uh, quiet for a while. And I don't think that backed would want to launch in the middle of a bear market. I think they're probably waiting for a bull market to to um, uh, to happen because imagine this, you go, you know, you're trying to adopt a bunch of people using Bitcoin at Starbucks and you want to see them get excited and use it more because now, you know, your one latte, you were going to be able to buy one latte. Now you can buy 100 lattes with that money. That's a lot more exciting and makes them want to use it more than if you were, you know, if you could buy two lattes and now you can buy nothing. So anyway, that's what I think is going on with that. But anyway, that is the latest news in cryptocurrency. Um, that is it for me this week, though, on both uh, Consensus Network. You can visit us at consensusnetwork.io or also uh, it's that's it for me this week on Wealth Formula Podcast. This is Buck Joffrey signing off.